Welcome to Nahum Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. Here, industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Episode 11 of the Nahum Connections Podcast. I'm Morgan Mangara, Managing Editor of Nahum's Access Management Journal, Nahum Connections, and your podcast host. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Dr. Rishi Garg, Neurologist, Assistant Professor, Medical Director of the Financial Clearance Center, and Physician Advisor at Loyola Medical Center in Chicago. Today, we're discussing all things prior authorizations. From his clinical perspective, Dr. Garg shares insight into best practices for prior authorization workflows, what patient access professionals need to know about the clinical side of authorizations, and advice for managing denials. Dr. Garg, welcome to the Nahum Connections podcast. Hi, I'm Morgan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So before diving into our conversation, tell our listeners a bit about yourself your medical career, and your involvement with the patient access team. Yeah, sure. So once again, thanks, Morgan, for having me on today. It's an absolute pleasure. So I'm actually a neurologist by training. I work at Loyola Medical Center in Chicago. And about three years ago, I started working as a physician advisor or medical director of case management and utilization. For those of the listeners who are unaware with this position, physician advisors manage the status of patients admitted to the hospital whether inpatient versus observation, and we will also work on length of stay. So after looking at the data for the last three years, it became clear that patients are actually admitted to the hospital because outpatient services are being delayed or denied because of the prior authorization. So here's the takeaway point. If you really want to manage the throughput of the hospital or you want to focus and control your length of stay, you need to be focused on outpatient denials. Getting outpatient studies approved, it's going to reduce your admissions, it's going to open up beds, and it leads to better patient care. Thank you for that introduction and overview, Dr. Garg. So for patient access professionals who are newer to the industry, or for those who'd like a refresher, can you give an overview of how patient access plays a role in prior authorizations? Yeah, thanks, Morgan. So patient access actually plays a huge role in any successful medical practice. Prior authorization patient scheduling, managing all these denials, it takes actually a fair amount of time and effort, which the providers don't have. And so that's why patient access is critical to the process. Absolutely. So managing the prior authorization workflow is a key element in the patient access professional's toolbox, as you had mentioned. So can you walk us through an example of this workflow? Prior authorization workflow is actually closely synced to your EHR, So our workflow might be different from another hospital. It doesn't mean that our workflow is right and your workflow is wrong. It really depends on the EHR. So at Loyola, we use EPIC. And so here's an overview of our workflow. The order is gonna be placed by the physician, the patient schedules the order, and then prior authorization kicks off after the schedule. Now with certain cases, we try to secure that prior authorization before scheduling, especially for the surgical cases. That's a great overview. Thank you for sharing the outline. How can patient access professionals ensure success with authorizations from the start? Yeah, so Morgan, you're going to hear me say this term multiple times, and I'll say it again. I'll say it for the first time. It's called first pass. 
I'm going to repeat it again. It's first pass. You really want to ensure you get that authorization on the first attempt. And that's what first pass is. If you get a denial after submitting an authorization, you've actually lost the game. So the most crucial aspect for the patient access team is to make sure that the insurance is correct. You want to make sure you're submitting the right code. And most importantly, submission of recent medical records or something within the last three months. When you get a denial, the patient access team needs to contact the ordering provider since these denials are time sensitive. Thanks, Dr. Garg. And I appreciate your repetition of the first pass. Repetition is always key, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like what you hear on Naham Connections podcast? Visit naham.org slash Naham Connections to catch up with the latest patient access content and insights from patient access professionals and industry experts. So as a clinician, you approach prior authorizations from a different perspective, which makes for great collaboration with the patient access team. What is your role in prior authorizations? Yeah, and so Morgan, I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it again. It's all about the first pass. You want to get that authorization on that first shot. So when the insurance companies review for medical necessity, it's actually based on the documentation, which is why clinical documentation is key. And that's where I play a huge role. So I actively educate our providers and our physicians to understand the guidelines and the correct documentation. I also help build EPIC templates for common orders to make sure that we have correct standardized documentation that meets first pass and meets the guidelines. For example, most MRIs of the spine they're going to require failure of conservative therapy. If it's not documented in the medical record, it's not going to get approved and you're not going to get it on first pass. I also help the providers on the denial side, the peer-to-peers and the written appeals, how to approach these and how to win. Thanks for sharing your perspective and your role there. So what do you want patient access professionals to know about the clinician side of authorizations? Great question. So I think if you get a denial, It's not the fault of the patient access team. And I just want to stress that it's not your fault. So I know a lot of physicians get upset at the patient access team when they get a denial. But again, it's really not your fault. You're submitting the information given to you by the provider and the insurance company is denying it. So my suggestion to all patient access professionals is don't take it personally. If the port ordering provider gets upset, just be professional and explain the situation. That's really great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Can you talk a bit more about clinical documentation improvement? What is this and why is it important for providers, patient access professionals, and the patients? Yeah, and I kind of touched on this before, but I'll mention it again. The approval is based on insurance guideline and whether the documentation has met that burden. If it's not documented, you're not going to get it approved. And so clinical documentation is key. For example, if the MRI of the shoulder requires six weeks of conservative care and it hasn't been documented, you're not going to get it approved on first pass. If a hospital sleep study requires a certain BMI and it's not documented in the record, well, you're not going to get it approved on first pass. If Botox, for example, requires failure of multiple medications and that hasn't been fleshed out in the medical record, well, you're not going to get it approved on first pass. Now, many of these issues can be resolved with appeals. But again, you want to really focus on the first pass, not the denials and not the appeals. That's a great overview. It really does sound like the specificity and ensuring that all the bases are covered is key in this process. 
Looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession? Consider NAHAM's Certified Healthcare Access Associate or Certified Healthcare Access Manager, the only patient access certifications that meet NCCA standards. Showcase your knowledge, problem-solving abilities, and dedication to your career by becoming NAHAM Certified. Visit certification.naham.org to learn more. So we can't talk about prior authorizations without discussing denials, as we have been. How can patient access professionals better understand and overturn denials should they receive one? Great question, Morgan. So I think you really need to understand your payer mix and their appeal process, including the nuances. For example, what's the peer-to-peer number? Can the peer-to-peer be scheduled online? Is there a written appeal process, the fax numbers for the appeals, and what forms need to be filled? Every hospital system should have a cheat sheet for their top two or three payers. So that way, when you end up in a denial situation, you're not wasting your time trying to figure out how to manage the denial. Again, though, I've probably said this three or four or maybe five times. Focus, though, on the first pass so you're not wasting your time on this latter process. Oh, you heard it from Dr. Gard himself. Focus on the first pass. Great. So recently, more procedures than ever before are requiring prior authorization before a service is provided. What do patient access professionals need to know about these shifts? Fantastic question. And unfortunately, your life is about to get so much more worse. So to control cost and improve quality, CMS is continuing to push for more prior authorizations on procedures. And I believe it's going to get worse as time goes on. Now, the thing about these specific denials, when we look at traditional Part A, B denials, not the Medicare Advantage denials, is there is no peer-to-peer process. So once you get that denial, you have to resubmit the entire case with additional documentation with a turnaround time of seven to 10 days. So you want to make sure that you have the documentation or that your documentation is tight when you submit the information so you can get it approved on first pass. Now, for that to happen, though, providers need to be educated on the guidelines and the documentation needs to be standardized. Now, fortunately for all of us, there is federal legislation for Medicare Advantage plans to kind of eliminate the volume of procedures that require the prior authorization. However, as you know, any legislation would not go into effect for many months, even if passed. So, Dr. Gard, to close, what is one step patient access professionals can take today to implement these practices into their work? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think you need to be critically focused on the data, what's being denied, how frequent it's being denied, and if a group of providers or a specific provider is driving these denials. And then you also want to focus on the systemic causes of the denial. Maybe it's a submission error from the patient access side. Maybe it's a documentation error or an incomplete documentation error. Or it could be that the study that you're ordering is just not meeting a medical necessity to begin with and should not be ordered by the provider. So I think a great way to round this out is just focus on the data and see what the data is telling you. That's great advice. Dr. Garg, thank you so much for sharing your insights and expertise about prior authorizations with the NAHAM community. We're so happy to have you join us today. Thank you, Morgan. It's a pleasure to be here. The conversation continues on Nahum Connections. For more about managing prior authorizations and denials, visit naham.org slash Nahum Connections. 
That's N-A-H-A-M dot org slash N-A-H-A-M connections. Plus, NAHAM members can access a library of on-demand education featuring a breadth of trending topics. Visit naham.org slash webinars on demand to start learning. Not a NAHAM member, but interested in taking advantage of these valuable resources? Join NAHAM to arm yourself with community knowledge and resources as you face obstacles in your daily work. NAHAM offers the year-round education and knowledge you need to help navigate the unexpected. Visit naham.org slash NAHAM membership to become a member. That's N-A-H-A-M dot org slash N-A-H-A-M membership. Thank you to everyone listening today. Until next time.